Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. In this episode, we take up the conscience of the king. Compliance, the final frontier. Tom Fox is the voyager of trekking through compliance. His mission? to explore the original series and seek out and share what it can teach you about compliance. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Episode 13, The Conscience of the King. A friend of Captain Kirk, one Thomas Layton, diverts the Enterprise to Cigna Minor Earth Colony 300 light years off its course, with a phony message. Leighton tells Kirk his suspicion that the actor Anton Caridian is actually Kodos, the executioner, but doesn't live to expand on the allegation as he is murdered shortly after making this report to Kirk. Kirk consults the computer banks and discovers that Caridian's history begins almost exactly where Kodos's ended. Of the nine witnesses to Kodos's murder of 4,000 colonists on Tarsus IV some 20 years ago, Kirk finds that Leighton, Kevin Riley, and himself were the only survivors. All others are dead. Kirk further finds the deaths of all of the witnesses occurred when the Caridian players were nearby their locations. Hoping to conclusively establish the identity of Caridian, Kirk requests his friend Captain Daly not to pick up the acting company. At the request of Caridian's 19-year-old daughter, Lenore, Kirk then uses the Enterprise to take them to the Benicia colony some eight light years out of the way of the Enterprise's path. While the players are aboard, Riley's milk is poisoned and a phaser on overload is hidden in Kirk's room. Kirk confronts Caridian, but is not conclusively convinced of his guilt. After Riley escapes from sickbay and tries to kill Caridian, Kirk overhears the psychopathic Lenore telling her father it was she who has been killing the eyewitnesses to his deeds of the past. Kirk tries to take Lenore into custody, but she grabs a phaser from a security guard. She tries to shoot Kirk, but her father takes the fatal phaser blast intended for Kirk And in the last scene, Lenore goes insane. If you like Shakespeare, this was an episode for you. Obviously, the references are replete throughout this play, both references to Macbeth, the reference to Hamlet, are uh, great uh, scenes in this episode. Interestingly, in a scene filmed but later cut, the uh, action indicated, or the narration, I should say, indicated that Kirk was fresh out of the Academy some 20 years ago when the massacre at Tarsus IV occurred. That's a little bit different than the timeline we heard on, uh, or will hear, rather, uh, in a later show, The Deadly Years. But 
this one uh, really was enjoyable. The performances, I thought, particularly the performances of the Shakespeare, were something that everyone um, would enjoy. Lenore going crazy, uh, insane, was um, a really interesting portrayal of just how deep and dark the mind could go. So a little bit different in this direction or this episode, the direction we went, but I give it a thumbs up and I hope you will watch and enjoy this episode. So what are the compliance takeaways from this episode? The um, Actually, I think there are several. And the overriding one is, when does a leader step over the line from business to personal? And here I thought of Barclays CEO Jess Staley and his um, attempt to unmask an internal anonymous whistleblower. Uh, under the facts of that situation, one uh, of Staley's key lieutenants had been accused of drug use by an anonymous whistleblower. Staley went to corporate security and tried to ask or ask the corporate security unmask the identity of the whistleblower. When that didn't prove fertile, he then directed an investigation be uh, engaged in by uh, the company to uh, track down mailing addresses, physical mailing addresses, and phone numbers. Obviously, all of this is uh, illegal. It did occur in the United Kingdom, but it uh, violated company law, it violated UK law, violated U.S. law because the U.S. Postal Service was actually involved or at least contacted to try to track down this. Why did Staley do it? Well, uh, he said it was to protect the reputation of a good friend. But clearly, uh, not only did he engage in unethical activity by trying to unmask the whistleblower, he pushed his company to engage in illegal activity. Uh, And this was clearly a situation where um, a leader stepped over the line from business to personal. Uh, Staley was sanctioned somewhat by the Financial uh, uh, Commission in uh, Authority in the United Kingdom. He received a $500,000 fine, but it really speaks, I think, to a greater character issue that he was willing to go to such lengths to um, protect a personal friend uh, when clearly uh, the company was potentially at risk. Uh, A simple drug test would have been enough. uh, even senior executives are subject to random drug tests, at least in every corporation I've been aware of. So um, when a leader steps over from the business to the personal, I think a company runs the risk of really losing focus, moving to unethical behavior and perhaps even illegal activity. Uh, number two, um, in this episode, uh, the actor Anton Caridian basically admits elliptically to Kirk, and but certainly to his daughter, that he is tired, and he is tired of um, playing the role of Anton Caridian some 20 years after he ordered the execution of the colonists on Tarsus V due to a catastrophic um, um, uh, food failure. And the, um, so when can you ever be sure about a confession? Uh, was the confession coerced by Kirk? Kirk certainly thought at some point uh, he had Caridian in his sights, but even Kirk could not be sure. So when, when can you ever be sure about a confession? Do you need cooperating, corroborating evidence 
In this case, the corroborating evidence was going to be a voice pattern, but even the computer could not be 100% sure, as uh, Spock pointed out several times to Kirk. And finally, uh, what's the difference between an investigation and a root cause analysis? Well, a root cause analysis is, uh, first of all, an investigation is to determine what happened. The root cause analysis is to determine how or why it happened. Uh, it's simply the, uh, the different types of questioning you, you would use, but they're both very valuable tools. The Department of Justice had made, has made clear in the most recent Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs 2019 guidance that both strategies need to be employed if your company is finds itself either under an FCPA investigation or internally feels that there may be a potential violation. And here, uh, the root cause analysis of why was explored at some length uh, by Mr. Spock. Uh, and it was actually Spock who uh, I thought raised the, the almost human issues of the radical nature of uh, uh, Kodos's uh, decision to execute colonists so that uh, some would live, some would die so that some would live, basically executed half the colony in short order before uh, relief ships arrived with additional food stuffs for the colony. And that discussion, I thought, was uh, not only uh, interesting, but even moved towards troubling. So uh, lots of really to think about in this. Uh, are really interesting. If you like Shakespeare, it, it doesn't get much better than this, as they did Macbeth, as they did Hamlet, as parts of uh, the uh, play. So I hope you'll join me again tomorrow for our next episode, which is The Balance of Terror. This is Tom Fox. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Trekking Through Compliance, you can help it grow by sharing it with the biggest Trek fan you know. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.